you found it. A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I am thankful that you have taken time to listen. This is the second year of my weekly podcast, and each episode is a mix of one of my personal stories, music from a variety of Canadian artists, and concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy the episode, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. The title of this episode is, Can He Be Trusted? What does it take to trust someone? If you have been listening to my last few podcasts, you will remember me speaking about a trip I want to Iceland and that I enjoyed it together with my youngest sister. Well, this episode is about another experience on that trip and one that challenged my sister and my relationship. Ever since I was a little girl, I have loved the water. I love to be in the water and I love being on the water. Some ways I love to be on the water are in a fishing boat, in a canoe, in a kayak, in a sailboat, in a speedboat, in a yacht, on a sailboard, on a wakeboard, on water skis. Well, you get the idea. Since Iceland is an island and not only surrounded by water, but boasts an incredible amount of rivers and lakes inland, my delight at being in or on water was easily satiated while we traveled there. However, there was one experience I desperately wanted to have, and that was to kayak on the ocean surrounding Iceland and to do it in the middle of the night, as we were there during the summer when there is no darkness. I mentioned this to my sister and she informed me that this experience would be mine and mine alone as she was not interested in kayaking, never mind on the ocean. In conversation with the concierge at the hotel we were staying at, he suggested that I try to find someone local to take me as the packages the hotel offered were not only very expensive but did not include kayaking at night. My sister suggested that perhaps this was a sign I was not to have my desired kayaking experience, and so I decided to leave the idea alone, well, for a few days anyway. Several days later, as I was walking through the lobby of the hotel, I saw a handwritten note indicating that there was someone who offered kayaking experiences on the ocean at any time of the day or night, and in order to book, I should call the number listed below the note. I was so excited as this seemed like the answer to my desire, and so I pulled one of the phone number tabs and headed to the concierge to inquire about the opportunity listed. He informed me that he had no idea who the person was and I would be going at my own risk, but perhaps it was worth a try. He even offered to contact the person initially on my behalf. I was besides myself with excitement, but decided to put off calling the person until I had discussed it all with my sister. She knew something was up the minute I entered our hotel room, and I told her what I had found, mentioning that it seemed beyond serendipitous to find this opportunity. 
She was very hesitant about the idea, but told me to go ahead if I felt it was a good one. Well, I did think it was a good one, and so off to get the concierge to make the call I was. And within a few minutes, a date and time were confirmed for my big excursion. Several days later, it was the night booked for me to go kayaking, and all I knew was the gentleman's name and cell number, and that he would come in a large black Toyota 4Runner to pick me up at the hotel. My sister quizzed me on any other details I might have, and I told her these were it. She then let me know that she was extremely nervous about me taking off with some man in his SUV to go kayaking on the ocean in the middle of the night, and wasn't sure why I thought this was a good idea. I explained to her that I had quite a deep sense in my gut about people and situations, much like our father did, and that my gut told me that I would be okay in this scenario. She was not convinced, but did tell me that she would pray for my safety on this crazy adventure of mine. The evening came and off I went to meet my kayak guide at the front of the hotel. A beautiful large Toyota 4Runner pulled up, and inside was a very good-looking middle-aged man with the most beautiful smile and gorgeous salt and pepper head of hair. He got out of the SUV, introduced himself to me, and then informed me that we would be going to the kayak club on the other side of the city, where he had a dry suit, life preserver, kayak and paddle waiting for me. As we drove, I found out all about his family, his life in Iceland, and why he offered one-on-one -on -one kayaking trips to people. It was all very interesting, and the more we talked, the more I felt like I could trust him, and this truly was going to be a lovely, grand adventure. We arrived at the kayak club. I put on my dry suit, life preserver, and then got into the kayak provided for me. With one push for him, I was on the ocean ready to explore the islands in front of me and the wider ocean surrounding Iceland. It was now midnight and the sun was just above the horizon, blazing brightly. How delighted I was. We paddled to the nearest island and he showed me some interesting historical landmarks, some great skua, a bird that is native to Iceland and is very protective of its nesting locations, and other sea life like starfish and jellyfish. Then we paddled to the next small island where there were more landmarks to see, other birds, and some gorgeous wildflowers blooming on the island itself. After this, we headed to the open ocean and paddled along the shoreline for several kilometers. It was nothing short of glorious to be out on the ocean in a kayak in Iceland in the middle of the night. I could not believe that my dream and desire had come true. My guide was kind, informative, humorous, and all around one of the nicest men I have met. He was a great storyteller, and often when I was not sure of what he said, he would smile and repeat the sentence until I mostly understood him. Since his English was limited and my knowledge of Icelandic was pretty much, well, nil, at times all we both did was just laugh and laugh, knowing that something had just been lost in translation. After a few hours of paddling, it was time to head back to shore and end this excellent time of seeing Iceland from the ocean rather than on land. We paddled back to the kayak club where I disrobed from the dry suit and helped to put everything back in its place, and then headed to his Toyota for the trip back to the hotel. 
Again, conversation flowed, and he let me know that if I wanted to go paddling again or needed help with any other aspect of my trip, to be sure to contact him, as he would do anything to make my trip as pleasant as possible. And I believed him. Upon arrival at the hotel, he gave me his email address and asked if we could stay in touch. I agreed, and with that, my night of kayaking on the ocean in Iceland was over. It felt like I floated up the stairs to our hotel room, and upon entering it, as quietly as possible, my sister quickly woke up, sat bolt up in bed, and asked if I had enjoyed myself and if everything was okay. I think my smile and dreamy answer convinced her that I had had a most excellent time and that I was so grateful that my desire of kayaking on the ocean in Iceland in the middle of the night had been met. She informed me that she was very relieved to have me back safe and sound and then promptly fell asleep. The next morning at breakfast, as I relayed all the information about my excursion, she once again let me know that she could not believe how trusting I was to get into a vehicle with some strange guy and go kayaking with him in the middle of the night. I agreed that perhaps it was a little unconventional, but that the entire time, for when he and I spoke on the phone until he came to get me, I felt I could trust him and never had any gut moments of mistrust. The other day, when my sister and I were sitting in her backyard enjoying a visit and some iced tea, she once again said, I still can't believe that you just got into some strange guy's vehicle and went kayaking with him in the middle of the night. Well, I did, and it was the best thing ever. The song Black Duck Creek by the Cat's Advice seemed fitting for this story. Listen to the words about the people of Black Duck Creek and how they make one feel, as this applies to those I met in Iceland as well. The cat's advice consists of Tom Donahue and Lexis Jefferson, a dynamic singing-songwriting duo from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Thank you to them for letting me use their songs on my podcast. Like the people in Black Duck Creek They got a way of making you feel so good There ain't no people like the people in Black Duck Creek You can go out for a walk They listen to you talk They got a way of making you feel so good Whoa, there ain't no people like the people in Black Duck Creek They got a way of making you feel so good There ain't no people like the people in Black Duck Creek The air is fresh and clean The rolling hills are pretty green It's got a way of making you Feel so good Whoa. 
Listen through the nights, see the stars shine so bright. It's got a way of making you feel so good. Whoa, there ain't no people like the people in Black Duck Creek. They got a way of making you feel so good. There ain't no people like the people in Black Duck Creek. A Scoop of Life is a production of Square One World Media in Winnipeg. Square One encourages, equips, and empowers passionate Christian storytellers to spread the life-changing message of Jesus Christ through media. We believe this is a message we're sharing around the world and that media can take it there. To learn more about Square One or to support this project, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. Trusting a stranger in Iceland to take me kayaking on the ocean at midnight is one thing. Trusting Jesus Christ and all he promises is quite another thing. Or is it? Here is what Jesus says about himself and calls us to trust him, as recorded in the book of John in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 8 and verses 12 to 30. Jesus once again addressed them, I am the world's light. No one who follows me stumbles around in the darkness. I provide plenty of light to live in. The Pharisees objected, All we have is your word on this. We need more than this to go on. Jesus replied, You're right that you only have my word, but you can depend on it being true. I know where I've come from and where I go next. You don't know where I'm from or where I'm headed. You decide according to what you can see and touch. I don't make judgments like that. But even if I did, my judgment would be true, because I wouldn't make it out of the narrowness of my experience, but in the largeness of the one who sent me, the Father. That fulfills the conditions set down in God's law, that you can count on the testimony of two witnesses, and that is what you have. You have my word, and you have the word of the Father who sent me. They said, Where is this so-called Father of yours? Jesus said, You're looking right at me and you don't see me? How do you expect to see the Father? If you knew me, you would at the same time know the Father. He gave this speech in the treasury while teaching in the temple. No one arrested him because his time wasn't yet up. Then he went over the same ground again. I'm leaving and you are going to look for me, but you're missing God in this and are headed for a dead end. There is no way you can come with me. The Jew said, So is he going to kill himself? Is that what he means by you can't come with me? Jesus said, You're tied down to the mundane. 
I'm in touch with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms of what you see and touch. I'm living on other terms. I told you that you were missing God in all this. You're at a dead end. If you won't believe I am who I say I am, you're at the dead end of sins. You're missing God in your lives. They said to him, Just who are you anyway? Jesus said, What I've said from the start. I have so many things to say that concern you, judgments to make that affect you. But if you don't accept the trustworthiness of the one who commanded my words and acts, none of it matters. That is who you are questioning, not me, but the one who sent me. They still didn't get it, didn't realize that he was referring to the Father. So Jesus tried again. When you raise up the Son of Man, then you will know who I am, that I'm not making this up, but speaking only what the Father taught me. The one who sent me stays with me. He doesn't abandon me. He sees how much joy I take in pleasing him. When he put it in these terms, many people decided to believe. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back each week to hear another episode. To keep in touch, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.ascoopoflife.com, which is spelled A-S-K-O-O-P-O-F-L-I-F-E. Not with a C like in a scoop of ice cream, but with a K as in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you your thoughts on the podcast, any questions you may have, or things you would like me to pray about for you.